right, KISS Army. Welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. We hope that you enjoy. 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 Welcome to episode 376 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill, admin on the KISS FAQ message board. Today, we will be joined by Lonnie. He's just running a little late, so get your ass here! Um, <laughs> Mark is almighty Mark, and 69 Blizzard Ken. So Hello. it's the gang. Um, first up, has anyone bought anything this week, Mark? Oh, I have, I have. See, the, usually when this part of the show comes up, I'm always like, no, I didn't get anything. But this is absolutely something I had to bring up, okay? Because mm-hmm. usually I go to, you know, the record store here around town. Like, you know, like we have like Sunrise Records, which is like, you know, an, a competitor to HMB and stuff like that. And they have like, you know, the usual stuff, all the new reissues and stuff like that. So my, you know... Uh, my my luck in finding anything kiss related that's interesting is zero because i have all the reissues and stuff like that so i don't need any of this stuff but i was walking to the store and something caught me in the corner of my eye I'm like hey what the hell is that and i looked at it first i was like oh i got that already then i walked back again and i realized that there was something else on this album that i was like wait a minute i don't have that so i'll show you what i'm talking about mm. i found the 45th anniversary orange vinyl version of this because you know how these were given out on the you know the kiss online how they did this with the hotter hot in the shade right they did that as well with blue yeah yeah. so i never got those when they came out because at that time (laughs) was it was a bad time for me like money wise so but as soon as i saw that sticker under that you know the 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 silver 45th anniversary one there Mm -hmm. i was like wait a minute that's that's not the one i have so i was like great this is like so i've never seen this in the wild this ever i thought that it was only like something that you get to kiss online yeah yeah you know what i mean so i think what might have happened i think don't quote me on this that maybe somebody ordered it through amazon or i don't know somebody through the store and they they sent to the store and whoever ordered it didn't pick it up so they say okay screw you we're gonna just put it into the you know into the racks Uh and somebody buys it they buys it and i and i saw it i was like wow i was so glad i just snatched it up so now i finally have this (laughs) copy of hotter than hell now if only and i didn't check i'm going to kick myself if this was there but could you imagine if they also had the hot and the shade blue there at the same time uh, i'd kick myself if i didn't look so uh but yeah well you saved on shipping costs I that because i that sort of thing. yeah exactly so i don't have the first album one like that the 45th or 40th anniversary or whatever it was uh but i have most of most of the other ones i got the splatter and i got those you know the the orange rock and roll over and those so yeah. i'm glad i got that as well mm-hmm. so talking Good. about new releases and whatnot um just a quick bit of news is the japanese domestic issue of the two cd version of the destroyer 45th anniversary deluxe um is scheduled for release on November the 19th. Initial orders will come with an external bonus, a B2 size poster replica of uh, the Japan tour 1977 poster. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea off the top of my head what that is. That is, of course, just the two CD version. I wouldn't be surprised if, like other markets, um, for the Super Duper Deluxe one, if they do even offer it domestically, um, it'll be an import with a wraparound or just a sticker on 
it if you can mm -hmm. even get that but certainly for the two cd people who, are, who might be interested in it it doesn't detail whether it's a digipack or what but i would uh, kind of guess that it more than likely is these days it may well be external stuff printed in the states and shipped over and domestically produced shm cds and and all that don't know the details go up to cd japan they're one of the top sellers of um, well, Japanese CDs, uh, you will have to probably yeah. still pay the price premium for delivery to the United States because a lot of postal services are still impacted, but you'll get an oversized box with a lot of nice tissue paper with beautifully wrapped items within with very neat uh, it's just gorgeous how i mean the packaging you know oh, it's, yeah. Al it's yeah. almost a crime to open it up it's so nice so that's the that's the only real thing i've noticed uh and you posted today ken on the board um the email we all got from kiss online so right. wh yeah. why don't you tell us about that well i did yeah receive an email today and i, I guess other kiss uh online customers received uh, about this kiss halloween t-shirts and so on and and there's also this uh kiss as part of this experience with the kiss buying a kiss uh halloween t-shirt you can get a a virtual uh what do you want to call it photo well with... let's call it what they call it <laughs> augmented reality photo with the band right augmented... <laughs> yeah, yeah so i don't i still don't know uh, nice. how that is going to work. Um, um, so that that's interesting. It's like 60 bucks or something like that to do that special 60 or 70 or something like that to do the, the virtual or augmented uh, picture with the band. I guess you're supposed to get the shirt. You get the shirt and then you are going to wear it, but you have to scan something. I, I don't know. The, I can't remember the whole deal, but uh, it's kind of yeah, if you've ever had anything to do with Kiss Online, you will have received the email, which does have the instructions. The only thing I don't care for is the wording. At the end of the experience, you'll have an opportunity to take a virtual photo with the band wherever you are. You can share this with friends and family as well. And there's a video up on Facebook that you can watch that shows kind of the process of how it works. You're about 10 feet away from the camera. You do your pose and then the band appears um, kind of around you. They're, they position themselves. You know, it looks pretty nifty. I don't know how I'll spend money on another photo with the band when I've, you know, just recently spent yeah. money on a photo with the band that I wasn't even there for. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah the... I one... Sorry, go on. Okay, I was uh... going to say, I wonder, I'm just wondering if this is a, 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 one of these things to detract people from the whole Dubai thing, like to get their minds off it and focus on something different right now. It's not going to no, work. For Ken. Work. No, Ken. Ken is that adamant. Work, Mark. <laughs> they're, 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 if that's what they're trying to do, it's not going to work. But I had also, uh, yeah, posted on the board about the picture of one of the new shirts, which is kind of, and I was looking at, it's it's kind of a, in a way, a reproduction of the centerfold of the second Kiss Marvel comic book. That photo, um, kind of similar to that, uh, but they're like. You know, monster-like now. Um, I mean, genes like uh, Dracula and and uh, Paul, Paul is now the thing about Paul. And I noticed because yeah, if you look a little closer on the one side of it, he's turning his face this way, and it looks like the shape of the uh, Phantom of the Opera mask, but mm, it's kind yeah. of, but it's it's actually painted, you know, as you know, the star and everything is all on it. 
And I thought, I thought that was interesting. And, and he's wearing some kind of dynasty type colored jacket, fluffy kind of stuff going on, you know? <laughs> um, and then Peter is kind of, you know, feline, you know, with the fangs and all that kind of stuff. And I, was a, I think, I guess Tommy would be, I don't know if you want to call Peter or Eric. I don't know, I don't know who's who anymore. Uh, when they do these new Play things, it safe and say Catman. Ace Catman, and then the Ace, or the Space Ace, or whatever it's called, Spaceman. Spaceman. The There's space only one man. Space Ace. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, Spaceman <laughs> uh, was more like, you know, he has lightning bolts coming out of his fingers kind of thing, and that's that sort of stuff. But anyway, it's interesting. Uh, I'm not going to get it, but <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, so shockingly, their run on this leg of the tour is coming to an end very rapidly. I think, well, they've got three shows left, so still no box scores, which is very not surprising because I'm sure mm-hmm. it's been papered to hell with how it, the kind of optics to me are that they are trying to get this over and done with. Just get the dates done, stay healthy. And, yeah. you know, to hell with it. We can't keep rescheduling. <clears throat> and Paul, you know, has kind of intimated that the mm-hmm. end will be early 2023, which everyone immediately probably starts thinking New York, January the 30th, uh, 2023, for exactly mm-hmm. 50 mm-hmm. years on the head would yeah. um, kind That'd of make sense. sense, which uh, yeah. now start looking at all the venues in New York City and see what uh, is scheduled for that time and, and whatnot. But then they'll probably do something. Oh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll call it February the 2nd. Uh, or... you, you know what, though? Would, yeah. it be, would it be ridiculous to think that they would do something really, really cool and find the most obscure sort of small club they could find and do the last show as like an actual authentic sort of Coventry show with nothing, just them on stage with, the, 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 you know? Yeah, well, yeah, they won't do it because there's no money in that. There, there well, could, I mean, could, you well but, could, could there be if it was a pay-per-view or yeah, it was sponsored? Or, you know, then, come, come yeah. on. The, very, the, the, fa- the last kiss from New York City, the end. This is the kiss of death. This is whatever. <laughs> Throw in all those cheesy. Up. Yeah, you well, don't can set for, the don't stage forget. up like that. I know yeah, Rush... But, Rush did yeah. thing right but, but don't forget though too guys Metallica just did this thing too where they played a club unannounced like a last minute thing in Chicago where they played like you know 30 years before when they, when they did their first tour for Kill 'Em All they just did a last minute announcement tickets go on sale today we're playing this evening and it was like around the block and six miles down for yep. people who wanted to get tickets so could you imagine if Kiss did something like that in New York City? I think it would be a huge thing, you know? Yeah, it would be insane. Or maybe they do it, you know, and it is 10000 a ticket, you know, or 25000 yeah. per ticket, whatever. Yeah, but the, the problem is, is once you start doing asshole money, you're basically just getting assholes. <laughs> Um, you're not getting real fans. You're not, get, you're yeah. not getting the blue-collar, working-class people who were there at the beginning who may still be fans. Yeah. You know, it's already stretched the realms of, you know, reality with guitar add-ons, diamond VIP. Yeah, they can do it, and it's great. People buy it. People enjoy it. I'm not dogging it in any way. But it's just become a point where there'd be a bunch of people. It'd be like the Beatles at the freaking, uh, what was it, the Queen? 
Queen thing, uh, the Queen's. Um, oh yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. You know, rattle your jewelry. You know, and have exactly. all, the, all these rich oil stiffs yeah. up. You know, watching <laughs> and and not being real. You know, you'd want someone like a right. real New York. You know, speaking like John Travolta and Saturday Night mm. Fever. You know, and enjoy it. No, real, real fans. You know. Yeah who've just come from a hard day's work and not coming off wall yeah. street where they've been raping well, venture capitalists, well, you know, well that, you know, I think that your initial idea would be probably the best idea then make the tickets available for like, you know, easy money, like how Metallica did, but try to go in with somebody to do like a, you know, televised version of it, something where they can make big money off of it, but still yet offer tickets to those people who were loyal from the start who can pay like 50 bucks Maybe lottery, like Aerosmith did on its yeah. on its uh, club tours in '78. You know, they did it through radio stations, and and it was kind of a lottery system. But to have it a completely blind lottery system with no freebies, no backstage, no uh, comps, no nothing, have it complete 100% egalitarian lottery. And then have a pay per view of it as well, and not don't do it like Dubai because you know what. That didn't work. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a really sticky little point for Ken there. Well, or for me, I, I, I paid it as well. You too. You know, I'm I'm as pissed at it as anyone. I mean, just because I, you know, I'm kind it's of used a lot to of it. Money. <laughs> I mean, they're gonna probably pay if it's in you know January, January, February. It's gonna be inside. It's gonna be. Mostly, yeah, it's Madison Square Garden. I mean, it's it's kind of like an obvious thing to me. I, I don't see them doing something else unless it was going to be in the summer. So. Yeah, but even for Madison Square, let's say they decided to do Madison Square Garden. I think it has to be a ticket lottery because there's a lot of people who are going to want to come from Japan, Germany, All over the world. Spain, South America, yeah. you know, the the. The KISS Army is an international army. It is represented in every single country in one way or another. It is mm-hmm. something that transcends everything that divides us. Yeah, we're, we're okay. a KISS world. We speak the same language. Um, and it's all about volume. So yeah. I right. just don't want it to be like one of those fundraiser events where it is those no. rich, exclusive people at the front who've absolutely yeah. got no – they're as fake as the Botox on the foreheads and the tits in the chest. You know, <laughs> I don't want that image. Or maybe no. it's appropriate if it were. Kiss's final image is all the fake up front, you know. Who knows? But it would be nice. A lottery system and a pay-per-view for everyone else. And I would never expect them to do it free. But it would be nice if they could do something similar to, say, like, remember the Psycho Circus um, kickoff show in Los Angeles, the Mad TV, and to have maybe a free tie-in beforehand, you know, on some station that wouldn't piss off half the <laughs> demographic mm. of the kiss fans so find something nice and safe like maybe yeah. the animal channel um, <laughs> so, so you don't want you don't want to trigger any of your fans at this most exciting time of your band's demise the end <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah. well 
Yeah, and, and who knows? You could also do like a uh, like a rock hall induction type speeches by the great and the good. Get Sebastian Bach. Well, get uh, you know, John Five. You know, to, to talk yeah. about how much the band means before they go on to fill up that kind of TV shit. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna say that I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to sound like my good friend Ken and be inspired for a minute and say that maybe just maybe. Kiss might surprise us before this is all said and done with one last surprise. I mean, Kiss used to be kind of good at surprising their fans, I think, but you know, of late, not really. But maybe mm-hmm. there's one last surprise in the in the, in the decks for us, you know, or, or yeah, or, or somebody. Maybe everybody comes up in, in in this club show and plays with them. You know, who knows? Who knows? You know, but there's got to be. Will there be some last surprise for us? Who knows? Julian yeah. shaking his head. Oh, sorry. He's like, no fucking way. Texting my son. No, I, I, I don't think they should even bother trying. It's just, it, it would never be right. And it's just like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame again, that I don't want to see two cat men up there. I don't want to see, uh, you know, a whiz, uh, uh, two spacemen. It, I, I just want to see I either it is Kiss and it's the original four, donning the makeup one last time maybe you start the set with you know the current lineup and then you you do the mtv unplugged you know they go wipe mm-hmm. their makeup off quickly air um ace and peter come out wearing their makeup for last you know rock and roll all night and shock or shock me or whatever uh mm-hmm. sing beth one last time give get it give peter his space to do beth in new york city um you know for the mm-hmm. last time in makeup on a stage and uh then they all come back around for a kumbaya rock and roll all night uh good night and goodbye mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah <laughs> And then you can wear makeup but, or not makeup. Then we'll start our tour, the next tour. Again. But anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Kiss 2.0 comes out at the end. Then, All yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, 2.0 comes out and the new guys. And, I, and, I, and I, turn, I turn off the FAQ. That is it. I just push, oh. the, I push the button and say, uh-uh. Anyone FAQ bringing up Kiss up. 2.0 on this side is up. automatically banned. <laughs> I want nothing to do with that ever. Oh. We're, it's our, we're already too close to Menudo. So. Mm. All right. So let's talk. The, the whole idea this week is we don't have any idea. I'm too busy with the Aerosmith book and other stuff to actually do any preparation for shows. So we're going to scour the board. And uh, it was Deuce who uh, actually posted about the... Uh, the Paul Stanley finished by early 2023, so thank you for posting on the board. Next topic, and uh, I'll go to you after this one, um, because I thought this was a really interesting one. The smallest musical change or style change between two studio albums. Which kind of pair of albums do you think are really continuations of one another? that the change between what they were doing on one was so negligible that it might as well have just been part two of the same <clears> album <throat> or the, mm-hmm. the ACDCification of Kiss that they recorded the same album again <laughs> and just gave all the songs yeah. different song titles and a new cover, slapped a new cover on it. Ken, you're chuckling, so why don't you go first? Yeah, so that, that's one of the two uh, topics. One of them was the biggest change and the other one's the smallest 
musical mm. style changes between the two studio two studio albums. Um, so yeah, there's more like albums uh, in Kiss than different, I guess. Well, maybe not. Maybe it's about half and half. But anyway, uh, I picked. I thought about it. I thought, oh, you know, maybe the first two albums, and then I thought, you know, Love Gun, Rock and Roller, and and Dynasty Unmasked are close, kind of. I went with uh, Animal Eyes and Asylum to Asylum. I think those two are very, very close. Paul Stanley production, you know, pretty much for the most part. And the the guitar sound, the, the top style of music they were playing, hairband mm-hmm. stuff or whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> uh, I think those two are so alike. So that's the smallest musical style change between the two. I don't see really any major change between the styles on those two what do you think sorry i'm, still, te- I'm still texting my yeah. son help me out here guys well well i think that uh <laughs> i agree with a lot of what ken said uh i think that when i thought about it at first the, the two albums that i thought and i think if i'm not mistaken i guess i'll see when we post this and people re- react and comment i think for the most part a lot of people tend to think that rock and roll over and love gun are like brother sister records but you know it's the one record is Mm. so raw and the other one is a little bit more polished you know where love gun has a little bit more polish to it than the raw sounding uh version of you know rock and roll over but you know you can say the same thing also with like the debut and hotter than hell songwriting wise they're very similar but you know the production is what makes them totally sound night and day Right, those those two records don't sound uh, uh, like alike at all. Right, if you're if you were just just to do it strictly on just songwriting, that would be a strong argument for that. But because we're also considering how they sound as a product mm-hmm. produced record, you can't really say that. So believe it or not, I, I my two that I picked were exactly the same as Ken, Animalize oh, really? and Asylum were the two that I thought were the most back to back sounding and writing wise you know kiss albums very similar yeah because you know i i think paul had a kind of vision at that time because he was kind of steering the ship at that time he kind of made that vision come to fruition right yeah Yeah, so you know i think that there's a lot of similarity and yeah sure maybe there's a little bit more different you know different flanging effect on some of the guitars on asylum compared to this but that's just real minor stuff right but overall i think the production and the sound, and the, most importantly, the songwriting is very similar. And the funny thing is that they had two different lead guitar players, and they were both doing kind of similar stuff at that time, you know? Right. right. Yeah, they were just kind of wailing away. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. Certainly wailing away on Animal Eyes. I think Bruce's guitar work was much more structured. And oh, yeah. Made, made a bit more I sense. But that. I certainly agree with the songwriting was quite similar uh, between the two, though there is, I think, a difference in quality on Asylum than um, Animal Eyes for Gene in particular. Paul's stuff seems to True. be locked into a pocket that he was comfortable mm-hmm. with at the time. Eric's drumming is very much, you know in the same sort of groove um, yeah. that he, he was in for most of that period. And the sonics of it is all captured somewhat the same. Um, so I, I think that one is probably the most obvious choice of the whole catalog. Now this list that they put up and uh, who posted this topic, uh, Kiss Scandinavia. Thank you. 
for for the suggestions on both that and the one that we'll talk about next. You know, from kiss to hotter than hell, clearly no. Hotter than hell to dress to kill, clearly no. That's like a reversion back to yeah. reversing the two. Now he does not, and I'm assuming it's he, um, does not do dress to kill to destroyer, ignoring the live album, which. Right clearly is not either i agree with rock and roll over to love gun two sonically different and one is tough in rock and roll um yeah more aggressive and, yeah, yeah you of. know it, it's like rocks and draw the line rock and roll over to love gun mm. but they didn't do yeah. love gun to dynasty either which does have quite a close mm. parallel between the two ignore True. i was made for loving you and right, the basic yeah. sound and the overall production qualities. Now, I'm not saying Vinnie Poncia and Eddie Kramer are <laughs> polishing the same way, but they're both no. ending up at the same sort of end result for, you know, a similar batch of material. Um, so that would be mm-hmm. one in the 70s that I think is probably the closest pair, more so than Dynasty to Unmask, which went from mm-hmm. polished rock to... Very pop. Pop yeah, pop, you know. So, uh, pop rock. It, it jo- yeah. pop rocks. It, uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> so, I, I think, you know, definitely animalized uh, Asylum. Uh, Revenge to Carnival of Souls, not a chance in hell. Um, that's, <laughs> that's almost mm-hmm. like Kiss to Hotter Than Hell, just yeah. because of the production, the jagged razor or barbed mm-hmm. wire. That. And then mm-hmm. Sonic Boom and Monster, no, because, well, the musical style of all of those is... Yeah, they're different. They're, they're different they're in character. Part. Just the overall way that I kind of think about Sonic Boom is completely different than Monster. Again, I think that's a little mm-hmm. bit closer to the Rock and Roll Over versus Love Gun um, yeah. in, in terms of both material yeah. and the Sonics which come into how I measure musical style. So great yeah. topic, Lonnie. Um, I, I have no idea, but I think you might well have made this unanimous or you would have been a complete stone in the shoe and gone with something in the 70s. <laughs> so, all right, so let's flip that one over on its head. And which song, ha- or which, um, the, the largest musical style change between two studio albums. Mark, let's start with you on that. Well, I mean, you know, most people would probably say, you know, when you think of the biggest change musically that there was as far as like, wow, I can't believe it's so different. People right away jump to the elders. So you could say, you know, that you have like, uh, you know, unmasked to the elder would be a huge difference. Right. But Mm -hmm. I'm going to stick to my guns and I'm going to stick to everybody expects when it comes to this topic. And that, of course, is going to be the biggest change that ever occurred was, of course, Destroyer to Rock and Roll Over. I think that was the biggest change, in my opinion. I mean, you went from a completely unkissed sounding record in Destroyer, you know, with all this stuff that Mr. Ezrin brought in to play. And then, uh, you know, then they, you know, you know, put their heads back on properly and did Rock and Roll Over and, you know, released the record that Kiss fans were definitely looking forward to hearing now again let me just finish by saying that in case there's some new listeners out there who are wondering what the hell is this guy talking about i am not a fan of bob ezrin 
when it comes to Destroyer. I don't mind Bob Ezra when he does stuff with Alice Cooper, Pink Floyd, even some of the later stuff. I mean, I think that Revenge is a decent record and he was involved in that. So, but I really think that, you know, Bob had lost the plot mentally with Destroyer and just turned out a record that just was not good for a Kiss record, in my opinion. You said Pink Floyd. I had a Pink Floyd playlist for all of my work today from 4.30 in the morning. Yeah, I saw you were listening to that. Oh, God. I mean, I started off with the division bell, but when we got into metal and works, I was just, I was happy. And I even made it through the final cut today, which is always tough. Uh, well, most of the album. When you get to the end of that one, I, I keep playing it because I keep trying to revisit it in a fair manner. But you know what? When you're talking about Ezrin, the wall... Wow, the the wall oh, is the just wall. spectacular. Yeah. So, yeah. Ken, the uh, well, answer that question because I can't find it on the board right now to give it the exact biggest phrasing difference. and see what and see what the uh, the crew is voting either. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I thought about you know, like Marks, you know, Destroyer to because they purposely like you know knee jerk yeah. reaction and and it, you know Destroyer wasn't doing well and. Their their fans weren't happy at the beginning of that, and uh, they quickly <laughs> started recording uh, Rock and Roll Over, and then finally, you know, Beth, of course, saved, you know, Destroyer and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I thought of that one, and I thought of some other ones, but I, I thought of, and it's kind of how I felt uh, when it happened, um, is when we went from The Elder to Creatures of the Night, um, mm-hmm. That was a big deal. I mean, I, we just, you know, I I lived through, you know, uh, and, and, and I liked them all in their own way. But you know, Dynasty to Unmasked, it's like okay, they're they're, they're keep changing now. And then they did the Elders. Like wow, you know, that's another change. But Elders closer to more of a poppy, you know, in a sense uh, of like Dynasty or, or Unmasked. Um, than creatures so when it went from the elder to creatures i was like holy cow you know this is a, <laughs> it's like you know this is heavy this is hard and i said they're back you know hmm. so that was the big change stylistically for sure um the sound you know the production Definitely. the drum you know the whole it, it's those are just very it's night and day different yeah exactly night and day is a good good way to put it album so i think for me those are the two that are you know the biggest change in in between the the albums the album before and after yeah and again i'm really tied into both the sonics and the songwriting when i'm approaching you know defining mm-hmm. musical style Even there. yeah I've, I've just voted on this so i could see the results I forgot. <laughs> you added a vote. Just a... Yeah, and I and I voted Elder to Creatures, because. Oh, you did too. Okay. Yeah, I I totally think that no one's voted for Destroyer to Rock and Roll Over. Mark, you better go in there and skew that. Um, yeah, get that vote here? in there. <laughs> yeah, Got no. It. When you, when you think of what the Elder is and was and just everything that's wrapped up in the in the style of having monks and chains and um you know chanting and fog horns and oh yeah you know and little acoustic things and then going into the bombasticness of creatures of the night yet nothing else 
quite does that. I I think perhaps also the the other album that really kind of picks my attention here is Revenge to Carnival of the Souls. It's also a pretty jagged change in musical style, even though they're rooted in the same sorts of heavy, hairy gorilla music. Um, the polish that was obviously present on Revenge, just imagine what Bob Ezrin might have done with all that material on Carnival of Souls once he'd rewritten most of it, you know, mm. and made it palatable. So, um, in its form, going from Ezrin to Toby Wright is pretty jarring. Way! Someone hey. made it home. I, I, I thought someone had a headache from last night's baseball game. Um, oh, that, yeah, that, there's that too. Rough game. It was tough. You know, but, you, you know, if you don't score after the first inning, you don't deserve to win the game. Yeah, there you go. There you go. As Californian folk, uh, of course, do look forward to a hate-filled uh, Dodgers-Giant series, uh, first time ever in the postseason. It's going to be like the World Series, I think. Yeah, I haven't been to a baseball <laughs> game since the last World Series, so uh, or opening day of the following season. Um, so I'm actually quite interested. I have no interest of going anywhere near AT&T Park or whatever it's called these days because mm-hmm. of traffic. Oracle and- Park. And San Franciscans. Oracle Park. Well, fake San Franciscans. And, and homeless. <laughs> and stepping in shit. Okay. And needles. <laughs> yep. boy, boy, that's a... Boy, come visit California. Yeah. I want to pack my bags right now. Go, go, go visit Hawaii. Yeah, you guys do commercials. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, th- that was where I'm at with that. So, Lonnie, let's get you caught up on what we've discussed. We blah blah for the first few minutes, then we got into some topics. And, uh, of course, right now we're doing the biggest musical style change between two studio albums, which are the two that you think represent the largest shift in Kiss and, you know, however you want to describe musical style. So we- we've... Um, Mark, what did you go with? I did this Destroyer to Rock and Roll Over. Okay. Have you voted yet on the board to get one vote registered? Be an no, I better mi- do that now. Yeah, please do. Um, Ken and I both went with Elder to Creatures, and I was just waffling on about Revenge to Carnival of Souls being pretty jagged as well. So what do you think? That's an interesting topic. You know, I think a lot of, pe- I, I think a lot of people would say, well, 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 Love Gun to Dynasty, they went Disco. But, you know, Dynasty really isn't disco outside of I Was Made for Loving You. Dynasty is actually really good and, and fits in really well with, the, with, like, where they left off with Love Gun. Because Love Gun was starting to get a little poppy at the end anyway. Um, you know, it, it, not poppy, but it, it wasn't as, as heavy as, as its predecessor in Rock and Roll Over. Mm-hmm. So I, I, think a lot, I think a lot of people would say Love Gun the dynasty but i i'm not going to do that um you know um elder the creatures is is good i that's that's a huge shift you know but just for the sake of being different so we don't so we don't have the same answers you know <laughs> i'm going to say i'm going to say dress to kill to destroyer mm-hmm. Because you're you're it's the last mm-hmm. of those first three really hardcore Kiss albums, and Destroyer, Destroyer, as much as I like it, it is a big shift from where they left off with Trust to Kill, and you know it you know you, you incorporate 
all of Ezrin's production. You go from Bob, you go to Bob Ezrin's production from a Neil Bogart production. I mean, that's that's a huge shift. So I can see where Mark's coming from then too, really, to say Destroyer to rock and roll over because they did a huge shift again, reverting back yeah. to a true form type thing. This is where we came from. This is really who we are. So I'm going to take the opposite side of Mark's perspective. I'm going to say Dress to Kill to Destroyer. Interesting. Okay, so what about songs like um, Going from Anything from My Baby to Shout It Out Loud? Aren't they kind of the same thing still? In a way, but the production's so different. Yeah, sonically yeah. they're different. Yeah, yeah and production's so different from just a four-piece band that you hear on Dress to Kill to Ezrin's production on Destroyer and yeah. everything so built up and so big on Destroyer. Like there's pianos and all kinds of other things added to it that uh, Ezrin did to make those songs on Destroyer much larger. Oh, yeah. You didn't hear any piano or something like that on Dress to Kill, right? To make it sound no, no. like an Alice Cooper record, really. Yeah. yeah. All, all they were doing exactly. on Dress to Kill was acoustic guitar, uh, doubling yeah. the electric, and mm-hmm. come on, that doesn't really count because that's one of the old tricks for uh, <laughs> developing the sonics of your guitar sound. Okay, so Lonnie, let's go back to the smallest musical change between two studio albums, and I've just clicked on that to see what the votes are at. And the vast majority of people on the board think that Rock and Roll Over to Love Gun is the smallest change, and that's got 36 votes and animalized mm. to asylum which th- i think the three of us picked uh, has 12. so more people also think sonic boom to monster and creatures to lick it up on uh, on those as well so um we we are out of tune with the the rest of the faq thank god um lonnie <laughs> which which one's An- for you animalized to asylum that's interesting because you know i they are often compared as, as being like sister type albums, you know, mid eighties type albums or yeah. going out. They have the same vision on both those albums or going after. They didn't really, obviously they changed crazy nights, but on the first, those two albums, they really have the same vision of what they're looking for. Rock and roll over to love gun. You know, I, I, I just talk, said it a minute ago. I, I see a shift from rock and roll over to love gun where I think love gun so much more polished and rock and roll mm. over so much more raw um, that you, yeah. I, I see eight, not a major shift, but I see a slight shift. So I wouldn't say like they're so, so close to each other. I'm going to say, actually, I'm going to say the original album to Hotter Than Hell. I think they're very, well, I think they're very similar. Well, Hotter Than Hell, you, people complained about the production on that album. People complain about the production on the original album too. But I think those two, because they were recorded so close together, the band's so hungry, and both those albums have so many core songs on them that the band was playing in clubs before they were even signed. Um, the original four members of the band, you know, you're the same members of the band for both those albums. Both of them released, you know, you know, six months apart from one another. I'm going to say those two albums are very, very similar in my, or the two most similar in my opinion. Okay. Good answers. There are no wrong answers. Um, I'm just looking through the board topics at the moment. So if one of you have one of the topics that you'd like to talk about, I'd just like to draw attention to podcast dropped episode 199. 
191, which was mm. um, Ken Mills and Gary Schaller talking about Destroyer 45th uh, and their opinion. It's actually very entertaining. I don't get a lot of time these days to listen to podcasts. This week I listened to two whole episodes. I listened to podcasts and I listened to Three Sides. Three Sides mm. had an interview with Tom German, who is yeah, 42 that, yeah. Design, the designer. Uh, behind a whole shitload of KISS packages going back to the mm-hmm. early 2000s and, of course, um, Destroyer 45. So a lot of backstories, um, decisions that were made in the project and just stories about it and a very good discussion uh, overall. So I know a lot of people have a lot of hate for that podcast, but do check it out because it's got <coughs> useful information if you're a KISS mm-hmm. fan. So Yeah, exactly. No, I, mean, actually, I survived. I'm still here. Yeah. I, I actually actually intended to listen to it this week. I just haven't had the time yet, but I saw that that was up. And I was like, oh, I yeah. I I did I did listen to it. it was, I listened to it actually when it was broadcasting live. I was on the way to Toronto and they were they did a live broadcast. It was really good. Like talking about all the little details about the bo- the box set and what they did and you know the difficulties are not difficult. You know, just what it took to get the box set done. It's a really interesting discussion. Now, one thing that I was curious to talk to you guys about is uh, Halloween, which we know is closely tied to Kiss, of course, right? Um, do you that for me? I don't know how, if you guys do this at all, but I've always find that around Halloween, especially on Halloween night, I have a DVD show that came out. Do you guys? Uh, do you guys tend to watch that around Halloween time, or is that something that you watch anytime, or do you associate that closely with Halloween? Well, you, sure. you, you kind of broke up right when you told me what you the watch. Paul, the Paul, oh, the Paul Lynn, Lynn Halloween? special? Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I have a copy of it, but um, yeah, I don't watch it. I, I think what I go to more so is uh, like Unplugged. MTV mm-hmm. Unplugged um, is kind of a thing for me that I'll I'll watch um, and, and you know maybe maybe Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park um, but definitely Unplugged I, I've noticed that I really remember that the night of uh, it, it first appearing and I was recording it of course on a VHS you know for people who <laughs> VHS on tape but um this is a kiss podcast we all know what it is and we all we all probably have it on beta max as well some young fans out there that may not know what vhs tape is so anyway i I remember that really i really really remember watching it live um but recording it uh but i remember the stupid damn doorbell kept ringing i had to go run run to the door and hand out candy freaking kids get back and then i start watching again more and then the doorbell would ring. I could get up and get, you know, I was like back and forth. I you know, was like, dang it, At people least go away. I should have turned the light off. Your house with your light yeah, put, a, put a bowl out there with a, a <laughs> full, full bowl of candy out front. But uh, anyway, it, that was a bit kind of a very cool thing that I remember. Um, and uh, I, I really love that. That unplugged performance was just fantastic. So that, that's one of the ones I go to. I don't do Halloween, so it's not like I'd curl up with the script from the Paul Lind, the hoarded edition, with a nice warm mug of Ovaltine. Um, no. <laughs> Ovaltine. No. That's uh, a real thing, Ovaltine. Yeah, it just showed my age there. Um, no, I, I don't, but, you know, 
I guess if I was to do anything to market, it'd probably be another excuse to watch or rewatch um, MTV Unplugged or mm -hmm. the Psycho Circus Halloween special mm -hmm. since I was there, you know. But you know, Paul Lind wasn't my 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 era, you know, so it doesn't mm -hmm. have that same meaning for me that it has for oh, a lot of, lot of Kiss fans or uh, Tom Snyder either, for that matter, or. Um, what else is there? Phantom of the Park. I avoid watching well, at all costs. You know what? You're talking about Paul Lynn. I was thinking about this. Uh, I was thinking back, like, why didn't I watch Paul, the Paul Lynn special? Why didn't I watch that? Because I, I liked Paul Lynn. I thought he was great, you know, on everything he had done. He's on Hollywood Squares. He's always yeah. one-liners and stuff. I mean, it was, he was great. He's hilarious. I was like, why didn't I watch that? Um, we had a TV guide, and I would go through and you know, pick the show I was going to watch or whatever. Uh, yeah, TV Guide. What's um, up? <laughs> and, and so I went back and looked at what was on TV that night. And on another channel, there was this Bob Hope special. Ken, you uh, were watching Bob Hope. You know Bob Hope? Yeah, I, I watched. And I, I know I watched about because I like Bob Hope a lot. So I ended up watching Bob Hope, and I think I missed the other thing. I didn't know who Kiss was at the time, I guess I would have found out who they, you know, really were and what, you know, the music they played and, and saw saw them in action. Um, and I probably would have been, oh, you know, like a lot of people did when they first saw, saw that. Um, but you so watched. I had to wait. <laughs> I you watched Bob Hope instead of Kiss. Ken, I, I have been disappointed in you in your past. Later. Absolutely, yeah. I have on many occasions. Never to this extent. <laughs> well, Bob Hope, <laughs> no, Bob Hope was very popular. I mean, he's, he's a funny guy and had a good, whatever, these uh, shows every now and then that they had. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I, 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 just, I had to go back and, and figure out why I didn't, and I, I know why. Well, gee, I guess I could have watched <laughs> the Paul Lind Halloween special too, except number one, I lived in England, uh, and mm -hmm. number two, we didn't get the freaking Paul Lind Halloween special in England, as far as I'm aware. Mm -hmm. So, and three, yeah. I didn't know who the hell Kiss was. Bonnie M, yeah, maybe. Um, so Ooh. that's that's even worse than Bob Hope. <laughs> no one's going to diss Bob Hope, I hope. Lawrence Henderson was on that, and. Uh, uh, you know, the original Wizard of Oz, you know. Yeah. Margaret, uh, Margaret Hamilton. Hamilton. Margaret Hamilton. and uh, then, See, they uh, knew right then Witchy that they could, they could keep doing the makeup shit stuff. until they were old as well. Once they saw Margaret Hamilton, yeah. they're like, boom, we're sorted. You know. Yeah. All right, so let's move into another uh, couple of topics. Lon Lonnie, did you bring any topics? Uh, did you have a chance? You know yeah, I made it. Uh <laughs> Go pick one. Right oh, now. I did see something today, though. It was 21 years ago today that the original four played what would be and is probably their final show together in Charleston, South Carolina. And I thought, wow. I thought 21 years ago that the four of them played. And, you know, I, you know, I have a bootleg of that show. And I, and I, that, that's one of the ones. I don't watch. I don't literally sit down with the intention to watch bootlegs or listen to bootlegs. I do have that show, and I like that show just for what it is. That the last time the four of them stepped on stage together, you know, I thought we were going to get it. Obviously, not a full show, but I thought we were going to get maybe something at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We'd see the four of them play together, even if it's just a song or two, and we didn't get it. 
And at this point, I don't think we will get it. Just, just the, just the four of them together, and no one else. I, I don't, I don't think we're ever going to get it at this point. And maybe we, when they reunited in '96, some of the tour advertisements said, "For the first time in 17 years, the original four members of Kiss." Well, now it's been 21 years mm. since they played together. You know, I, I don't think we're going to get it at this point. And it's and it's and it's sad that we're not, but it's hard to believe that it's been 21 years since the four of them have been on stage, just the four of them together. Come on, wasn't '96 pretty much good enough? It was. It was. For, I, it, you know, it was downhill it was. after that. Come on, '98 was wasn't that great. You know, 2000 certainly wasn't. Detroit Rock City was garbage. You know, come on, '96 though. It was pretty fucking good. But I remember I remember Donington bootleg hitting and being like, holy shit. You know, and every time a new show, right through to 97 and Finsbury and Vancouver, I remember getting those cassettes in, uh, listening to them once. I still have them somewhere. You know, you probably never listen to them again. But those were some pretty freaking good shows and just the magic and the excitement, especially with fans for talking about the shows that what they went to and the excitement right from when everything was announced. So I, you know, 21 years since if we never get it again, I'm okay with it. You know, would it be nice? Would it be all kind of a nice Mary Shelley? Well, not Mary Shelley. That's Frankenstein. Um, yeah. Nice romantic novel, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, ending it, it properly that they rode off into the sunset would be like you know one of those romantic novels that just aren't realistic so i'm 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 at peace with it now you know i threw out ideas like at the beginning of the show we were talking about how paul's intimated and this for only for lonnie's benefit that um you know the end would probably come in early 2023 and right. then we started off on the, you know, reliving the Coventry and all that. But that's romantic. That's not reality. So I'm cool with it. But 21 years, yeah, Peter trashing his drum kit, the teardrop saga, you know, and, and right. all of that was was kind of cool. All right, let's get into a couple of final topics before we wrap up here. And I've still got two up on my screen. Anyone else? Mark like has to go? Mark? Mark? Yeah, I, I actually am curious about this one because I saw this one earlier and I was actually curious to see the reaction of the po- the poll from the board. So let's talk about this one because I'm curious to see your guys' reaction to this, which is Origins Volume 1 versus Origins Volume 2. Which one do you prefer? So uh, on, honestly, when I listened, I listened to both of them actually recently. Uh I brought them in the car. I had them on CD and vinyl. So I had them both in the car for some reason. And I listened to both of them. And honestly, I don't know what it is, but I I think I like volume two better. I don't know if it's because I like the song selection of the covers better that he did on that. Uh, And I also think that the overall production and the sound of the vinyl on two is much better. I found volume one is a little heavily compressed on the vinyl end of stuff. But uh, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of the good times, bad times, and I love space trucking. And, you know, some, I think some of the songs that he did, like 30 Days in the Hole with Robin Zander, I think those are the songs that still immediately stick out. When I think back to Origins Volume 1, if I hadn't heard it so recently, I probably would be scratching my head to think what 
was uh, on that album, you know, besides White Room and maybe a couple of others. So for, so for me, I think I'm going to go with Origins Volume 2. I thought you were going to say that you thought the liner notes were so much better on Volume 2 that yeah. that was why you were going to have to Come go on. with it. So yeah. Well, they I'm, are, of course. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so disappointed. No, I like the liner notes on Volume 1 as well. They're perfectly fine. Um, Ken, what about you? Um, yeah, originally, when I thought Mark was talking about this, I thought he said Orange Juice Volume 1 and Orange Juice Volume 2. But anyway. <laughs> All right, know, you, you, you down same. with OJ? <laughs> they're about the same. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, I have to agree. Uh, volume 2, I think, is a little bit better. I like some of the songs on there better, I think. Uh, and definitely, like you said, Mark, the production is better. I, I noticed that right away. Um, yeah, like, especially on the vinyl. It's it's much better than the, the first one. So, um, yeah, I'll go with the second one. I was trying to find the thread on the FAQ to see what the hive mind thinks, but I can't right now. So, Lonnie. Yeah, I'm 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 in agreement. It is volume two. Um, volume one is leading. Sorry. Really, I listened to one when it came out, and I listened to it for show prep when we talked about it, and then I really hadn't gone back to it. And then two came out, and I was like, oh okay. And I was like, oh, I was really taken back when I when I listened to it. And I I thought it was much better. I thought the, like you guys said that the songs it was better. I mean, it was, the song selection was better. I think the production was better. And I have gone back to listen to it, whereas Volume One, I, I really just haven't. So, and, and, maybe, and maybe I need to, since I'm in the minority, since the, uh, the poll and the FAQ is showing that that Volume One is better. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm at fault for not going back and listening. Yeah, maybe more. we're all wrong. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now my playlist is my my playlist is um, combined and randomized, so it, it doesn't follow anything. Um, I think both of them have a lot of good covers on it, but I just do prefer stuff on volume two, such as kicks, um, you know, and never enough or whatever, or whatever that uh, mountain song is. Um, I just like the songs. That on never in my life. Never in my life. Thank you. I completely blame farting it, brain farting it. Um, <laughs> I like those songs a little bit more, but Origins Volume One um, also has some. You know, I like White Room, so yeah, you know, and good. Emerald. Mm -hmm. So and of course, um, Fire Fire Nice Fire and Water. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Sugar Daddy, thanks for for posting that uh, that that poll. Ken, did we get your answer? Yes, you did. Okay. What Orange Juice. Orange, Orange juice, juice volume one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who, who else has a quick topic before I get through these last two that I have sitting here? No one? I'm good. Okay, <clears throat> does anyone prefer the Eric Carr version of Bath? No. Uh, actually, you, you know what? I'll, on, I'll, Mark, I'll, Mark I'll, does no. because it wasn't <laughs> produced by Bob Ezrin. Well, that, 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 that actually... Could have come into play, but you know, the, 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 but the fact is, I I don't like it better. But I I have to admit, when I first heard it the first time, I I didn't dislike it. I actually thought that Eric Carr did a good job in singing. I thought his voice actually did suit it. But it's it's difficult to kind of listen to that, and not feel that it's just like you know some attempt at getting back to Peter, getting back at Peter Chris somehow, and having them do that. So 
I'll, I'll always, you know, have a liking of the original because of that, believe it or not, considering that Bob did that. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and 87% of respondents currently on the FAQ say, no, of course not. Oh, it's dropped down to 86. So clearly, clearly, <laughs> clearly so, some people have woken up from their nap grumpy. Here's here's one more real quick one for you that just popped up on the board. It has to do with the Kiss Me Stefano of the park. All right. Uh, before and you it, do that, Legs of Steel, thanks for that that Paul idea. It was okay. insanely silly. And, of course. and so this person, um, was it Moonwine? Um said they watched the movie for the first time today whoa uh, and it isn't as bad or how they thought it would be they're clearly but still with us they have some questions they have some questions here and here's one of the first questions regarding this phantom why why it has phantom on the title if the villains are androids i don't know and a mad scientist Deborah. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, he's like a Phantom of the Opera kind of way. I, I don't know, so I, I'm not sure. Um, so why 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 Gene's voice is so robotic? Because Gene Gene's mean. That's why. All right, I'll take that as an answer. Uh, another why why each of them has super powder uh, super powers super powders powders yeah sprinkle some powder Only why each of them has superpowers except peter and why peter does he does those backflips and stuff like that remember was that a, is that a power or is that a, oh, he's, he oh, does his kung fu fighting is he a gymnast or something <laughs> peter has why? the 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 superpower of voice oh and there's mm. the thing and why was his voice dubbed <laughs> that's funny but uh yeah <laughs> so yeah all, all of one. these questions have no answers they are the mysteries of time and space in the universe. Star Child. Star Child. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But, but you know what? That's the one that kind of, I think, is an interesting question about the robotic voice that he had on there. I mean, it it doesn't it doesn't it sound kind of very demonic. You know, it it sounds more like like a like he's an android as well almost. Like, a, like he's going through a megaphone or something. <laughs> Underwater, yeah. <laughs> a lot of Kiss Me's the Phantom talk on this show today. You guys are going to make me want to go watch it. Hey, man, it's a classic. Halloween is coming. Halloween's like, no. 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 <laughs> but we might, do, we, yeah, we might be doing something for Halloween. Uh, Maybe a, a live month. watch party so I can mock it That's line by line. Let's do it. Yeah. Oh, great. We can mock it all, all the whole way through. No, I... <sighs> Maybe do Attack of the Phantoms as well instead because it's got more uh, more Kiss music in it to get yeah. copyright dings on by YouTube. That would be more entertaining. All right, let's end with a, a quickie here. Um, what's the most overrated Ace song in your opinion? And this is uh, Gene Therapist. I, I hate therapist, the word, because I always see the rapist in it. <laughs> the rapist. Overrated Ace song. Are you saying there's an overrated Ace song? I think Talk to Me. No such thing. That's actually. All I, like I want is a, a little talk. conversation. <laughs> actually, the song that I would vote as a highly overrated uh, is Torpedo Girl. 
I, I've always thought that that's that overrated. That's well, awesome. I, I, I love it. I got one. I, I just find that people give it a little too much credit. I mean, lyrically, it's very weak, but, you know, but you know, drumming-wise, it's, it's very... It doesn't even sound like a Kiss song in that sense because it's too good of a drumming to be a Kiss song with oh, Anton God. doing it. It's like a Crazy you know. Joe song. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, it was demoed at Crazy Joe's North Lake studio, so who knows? Maybe so this, this is again. overrated, right? Or, or over, whatever. Ace overrated. So I'm picking uh, a song that he didn't write. Uh, I'm gonna pick 2000 Man. People just love the heck. Take. People Ooh. just love the heck out of that song. Ooh. I think it's good, but I don't think it's the greatest thing, you know. Since you've heard the original, you think, right? You think Vic does it better? Oh, a, I agree that it's a lot better than the original that the Stones did. But still, I never. Even Wait, are you saying the original song, isn't good? I don't think. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Man, wow. Come Sorry. on, the stones. You like that come one? On. I don't know. Wait, you, you're going. Know. You're going after. I like brown sugar. You know. Think of Charlie. But, um, but yeah, that yeah, Charlie. Yeah, rest in peace, Charlie. You know. But um, yeah, two two thousand man, I think has always been kind of a overrated as a song that Ace had sung. It just gets too much love in my opinion. You're saying that too much love's a bad thing? For that song? <laughs> Not for you, <laughs> Alright, so I, I get to mess with Lonnie, right what did Lonnie say? I'm going to say I'm going to say Into the Void. Um, but really? I don't, I'm not a big fan of Into the Void, and I know people like it. Well, the one song on Psycho Circus, maybe the four of them played on, but True. it doesn't quite do it for me. Yeah. And Julian's a little taken back. No, fine. I'm really like mind one. unholy. Wow. <laughs> 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 no, Into the Void doesn't do it for me. Um, it's it's fine, but uh, and maybe it's just because of my disdain of Cycle Circus, just because the album just you know just makes me roll my eyes when I think about it. But Into the Void doesn't do it for me, so I'm gonna say that's my overrated Ace. Well, 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 right there though, you hit on something very important, Lonnie. Yes. If that's the if that's the one song that they played, all four of them played together, that's got to tell you something because. That shows the simplicity, wow. maybe, and maybe the how, how they were how they were the how they were right to do that. You know, is that mm. what Lonnie's saying? Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? These are the mysteries of the universe. All right, there we yes. go. That's a whole bunch You're of board topics. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so thank you to all those people who uh, members of the FAQ board who posted all those topics. They may actually all be the same previously banned person for all I know. You never know on the FAQ. But uh, that was uh, what we did to get out of making any effort this week. But I think uh, there you go. We ended up having to make some effort by breathing. So for now, from Ken, from Lonnie, Mark, and myself, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.